Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, patient listeners, forgiving listeners, loyal you who listens to telling everybody everything. Look, I can't even begin to explain where the fuck I have been and the type of lung infection that I have caught while traveling on some of the world's most bullshit airlines. I am filming a travel show at the same time as I am doing my European tour. And thank you so much if you, in the last three weeks, have come to see us in, let me see if I can remember, Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Paris, Amsterdam, Helsinki, um, yes, Harlem, not Amsterdam, and also I've been f- filming Bargain Holidays with Joe Wilkinson, which is so much fun and has been advertised. It's not a secret that I'm filming it, but without blowing the reveal of the show, my God, a lot of the places that it is a bargain to go to are only accessible via a truly shit airline, and I don't want to reveal my position on these holidays too soon but fuck me if you lose an entire day and a half of your life in an airport waiting for some random airline to decide if they're going to fly you and where they're going to fly you that's not a bargain to me like time is money you could stay home and pick litter do anything more useful than being delayed in an airport and you know it's sad to say a lot of airlines are shit now because they fired everyone pre-COVID, even BA. And I love BA. I've always been very loyal to BA. I love that they work with Comic Relief and their Flying Start campaign. I have a British Airways American Express. And I've got lots of points lately because I use my Amex and I don't fly anywhere because you can't get any reward flights because no one works at the airline. They made everyone lose their jobs and then apply back, I think, at a lower rate. I don't know the ins and outs, but it was dodgy. And I remember a lot of BA employees reached out to me at the time, and they still clearly haven't been hired back or they don't want to go back because no one works at any airline. The cabin crew are delicious. They're so kind and generous. And I just learned that they don't even get paid until they close the doors. That's when their shift starts. So all that like, welcome, welcome, welcome. They're doing that for free dealing with your bullshit until they close the doors and um I just think they deserve better but the baggage handlers like there's one guy who does all the baggage for the entire UK and customs have like three people and that's it and a lot of these countries like they are not set up they don't have a fast track line they don't have a family line 
they're just like, you want to come to Norway? Get bent. <laughs> Good luck convincing us that you can come. Stand in this line for two hours and st- see if you still want to come. We're taking your buggy away, by the way. What's that? You have a child who weighs three stone and he's asleep? Well, carry him through the terminal. Fuck you. That's their vibe. Oh, don't travel. Do not go anywhere. I cannot stress this enough. And I'm kind of worried that there's a bit of a conspiracy. Like, maybe we're not. They don't want us to travel anymore. Travel's only for, like, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott and the super elite. That seems like the way they're pushing it. But, man, it's just right now there are so many wonderful things you can do in the U.K. Right now in the U.K., I am in Swansea, Wales, right opposite from the train station in a three-star hotel. I thought I thought it was in my contract that I would not stay in anything below a four-star hotel. But apparently it's not because I'm in a three-star hotel. And I know this because I Googled the hotel. I wanted to find it online because I was thinking to myself what a great hotel it was. I was like, I wonder how many stars this is because it's tight. It's the Grand Hotel in Swansea. And like, I was looking on booking.com. It's like 79 pounds some nights. And it's the most comfortable bed. And the staff are so nice. And I don't think they're just being nice to me. I think they're nice. And they brought me a jacket potato the other day. And they keep leaving little gifts for me and little notes. Maybe they're just being nice to me. But no, I don't think so. I think this is just a nice hotel. Great, great bed. I mean, crucially, there's no baby in it. Because I've started leaving Fred at home sometimes. So maybe that's part of what I like about it. But I mean, we are just knackered. So thank you for your patience with the podcast. I'm kind of glad, though. We've been here, there, and everywhere with the family. We've been so blessed to be doing these shows, seeing all these new places. We got sick for a while. I lost my voice solidly for like two weeks. That's no good. Oh, and in Paris, for the first time ever in my career, I've been doing comedy 18 years, I found out. 18. I've only been doing it professionally sort of 10 to 12 15 maybe I don't I mean what counts as professional but I think the first time I went on stage and did an open mic would have been like 17 18 16 years ago around that time too long but uh never in that entire time have I ever left the stage and I left the stage to be sick in Paris I was like oh yeah let me just get this last laugh in okay well actually we're gonna take a seven I don't know where I got the number seven from we're gonna take a seven minute break now and I'll be right back and then I was very quickly sick and then I came back to the stage true professional and but it wasn't professional because I told everyone that I was just sick I shouldn't have done that but um I can't help telling everybody everything I guess they were not put off they were really nice I couldn't give them an interval because there was no bar in this venue you weren't even allowed to have alcohol in the theater can you imagine that that is not very Parisian they were all smoking but they couldn't know <laughs> they I just feel bad for any audience that isn't allowed an alcoholic drink in a show it's part of like it's part of the fun even when I went to take Violet to see Colleen Ballinger, who she loves, Miranda Sings character in Washington, D.C., which I think was the greatest weekend of our lives. It was like my honeymoon with Violet, my very last hurrah before Bobby came into our lives four months later. And I had a weekend off and Violet was like, I want to see Miranda Sings show. And I was like, well, where is she exactly this weekend? She's in Washington, D.C. All right, let's go. 
and we went and we just had the most fun, the two of us. Anyway, even at that show, I was allowed this little mug of red wine and it was fun. And I danced in the aisles. You should be able to have alcohol at shows if you want. Not that I'm drinking alcohol now, obviously. You don't need alcohol all the time to have fun. I'm pregnant, as you know. And I love gin. I was going to do a gin advert on this podcast. I was really excited about it because it's a type of gin that I love. And at the last minute, they were like, oh, actually, because you're pregnant, you can't. And it's guidelines that prevent us from letting you do a gin ad while you're pregnant. And I was like, listen, I'm allowed to do a gin ad. And the ad being like, can't wait to drink gin again. Love gin. Gin's delicious. Like, you guys aren't all pregnant. I don't get it. I don't want to drink gin in the ad. But anyway, one day soon, hopefully I'll do a gin ad because I'm such a fan. I'm a fan of your work, gin. But what has happened in the time that I've taken off? Loads has happened. Of course, I'm talking about the obvious. Her Majesty, the Queen of England, died. When? Well, that's disputable. But I believe she died earlier that afternoon, but it was announced that she died during my stand-up show in Sweden. They were not as mournful about it as they would have been maybe if it was a UK audience, but you know, they were sad and they showed their respect to the UK. So, you know, Sweden's thinking of you, UK, but I think they have their own whole system of royals and everything else. I just, it is sad. It's sad when anyone passes into that realm of whatever lies next and I do believe there's something next but it's sad for us because we miss the person who's gone seemingly forever from what our understanding is of forever and it also reminds us of our own mortality and that's also very mysterious because we don't know for sure where they go depending on your faith so you go oh my gosh you're meant to confront the reality that nothing lasts in the way that we know it forever And the queen, obviously, is the most famous person in the world. So people were sad. And also Canadian money is about to get so ugly. So I think that's why a lot of people were crying. And the cue to see the queen's coffin. See, all right, I don't mean to be controversial because it's none of my business. And I'm not trying to say that we've been lied to or there's any kind of scheming going on. All I'm saying is if it were me, I wouldn't be in that coffin traveling all around, lying in wait, having mourners queue up to walk past. You know what I mean? I feel like it's too much of a security risk to have Her Majesty's actual remains in that coffin. And what's the point? It's not open. So it's like you could just travel the coffin around with the beautiful flag and the scepter and the crown and people can still pay their homage there was, you know, you don't have to actually be inside of it. And then I tried to search again online, is the queen inside the coffin? And no one's even asked that question online. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying, would you be in the coffin? No, you wouldn't. You would not. And some guy did try to rush the coffin and he was swiftly tackled. So I mean, I don't know the queen's coffin. Anyway, that's what we know for sure. Whatever was inside it at the time. We don't know. I don't know, maybe you know, Um, that was ceremoniously traveled around the country for people to pay their final respects. That was really cool. Our babysitter went and she was very moved by the whole thing. She waited 10 hours 
and she has the patience of a saint, which you have to have when you're a babysitter. But the queue became an experience of its own. It was like an art installation, a British art installation of like, this is how we do it. This is how we wait in line and we love it. And it's organized. And there's a whole events team behind the queue. And there are stops for toilets. And here there are wristbands. And there's no cutting in the queue. And the queue's full of respect. And yes, lots of people have passed out and been taken to hospital from the queue. Fine. But we look after everyone. There are hydration points. Like... My tour manager, Annie, is such a beacon of information for me, and she knows about events. She does Olympic ceremonies, and she does festivals. Actually, she's met the queen doing the Olympic ceremony where um, it looked like the queen jumped out of that amazing plane, like James Bond style, in a parachute. That was Annie worked on that. And she knows a lot of the events team that we're dealing with the matters of all the final ceremonies for Her Majesty. And just the the absolute military precision of it all and the amount of thought that goes into it is just crazy. So let's not forget the events teams, the unsung heroes. I mean, I think they're pretty sung. I think everybody figures there's an events team. But when you really look at the magnitude of what they had to do, Jesus, and they pulled it off so well. I thought it was beautiful. I didn't watch any of the funeral on Monday because... I traveled back from Wales to be with Fred um, because that's what I do if I'm not working. And Fred, as I've mentioned before, cannot be left alone because he knows how to walk, but he won't walk. He'll just run and then smash into something I suppose he would if you weren't holding his hand, which we always kind of are. And we don't want to helicopter him too much, but like we really have no choice right now. We have to just hover like right by him. Sometimes we put him in his own little padded areas where we have playrooms and things for him, but he doesn't want to stay there. He wants, he's like, where are the knives? He just wants to move toward danger as often as he can. So we don't put things on for ourselves very often. Um, but, you know, I got the hits from social media at night when I went to bed, scrolled through. It looked beautiful. I know there were lots of touching moments, um, lots of hilarious jokes, too, about the corgis going to Andrew and how well-groomed they'll be, you know, like some fun. People like to have some trauma-adjacent fun. And that's what comedy is to me. None of the jokes are taking the piss out of the queen. Yes, some people have raised some valid uh, arguments about the problematic nature of colonialism. Colonialism. We know this. Maybe not the time or place. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like when Kobe Bryant tragically passed in that helicopter accident. A lot of people brought up allegations from before uh, about, well, I think he was cleared of those allegations, something to do with cheating on his wife, but it was more than that alleged at the time, and then he was cleared. But this, like, you know, there's a time and place for everything, and it's not maybe over someone's deceased body. You know, we can talk about it at a different time. I like the queen. I think... um, Personally, if it was up to me and it's not up to me and this is why nothing's up to me, I think the country could have used an injection of hope and youth and beauty and it would have been lovely to see Prince Charles abdicate and make William King and Kate Middleton, you know, whatever her title would have been and those three gorgeous children, special shout out to Louis who's hilarious in any public setting. I think that would have been nice, like for merch, for visitors, just for the look of the royal family. I don't know. But I also think that that's a family of such procedure 
and uh, duty and they don't think creatively. I don't think there's anyone on that team that's like, well, let's think outside the box on this one. No, 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 no. They're inside the box 100%. So it's like, it will be King Charles. You know, that's it. That's the way it's done. Fine. I don't know. I don't have any problems with him specifically. I just, uh, just from a, from like if I'm Chris Jenner and I'm looking at it branding wise, I think William and Kate are selling more tea towels. That's all. I think they'd invigorate uh, quite a broken nation in the middle of an energy crisis. Thanks. Okay. More importantly for our listenership is the news that just broke today. You know, I like to keep the podcast fresh. I like to keep it exciting. Adam Levine, singer of Maroon 5, tattooed skinny person. I think he's a judge on The Voice. I don't know a whole lot about him. He has been accused of cheating on his pregnant wife of eight years with a TikTok star or like an Instagram model or, you know, a young woman. Oh, isn't it a tale as old as time? So his wife is a Victoria's Secret model. I don't mean to say for a moment that beautiful women aren't smart and funny and interesting. I'm friends with a ton of beautiful women who are smart and funny and way more interesting than I am. But when your headline is Victoria's Secret model and you speak a different language than your husband and your whole like thing is being beautiful, I I do worry and I'm, you know, really generalizing, but I worry that maybe sometimes the rapport isn't what it should be for a long lasting marriage. And there are famous men. Well, I would say regular men, but it's not a lot of regular men marrying Victoria's Secret models, mostly famous men who go out and like hunt these wives as trophies. You know, they're like, I must be married to a Victoria's Secret model. And I don't know the nature of the relationship. Like I said, she could be smart, hilarious, a genius, intelligent. They could have rapport, whatever. But like, I just think it's a red flag when you're like, my wife is a Victoria's Secret model. I married her because she's so hot. It's not like people go, Adam Levine's wife, this really cool, funny girl who happens to sell underwear. You know, it's Victoria's Secret model is number one. And she is so beautiful. And she's his wife. But it, like, this is what I wish I knew when I was growing up and I was placing so much emphasis on being beautiful, how I thought my life would be perfect if I was beautiful. Um, you are just boring to the wrong kind of man after like three months. You know, he's not excited by your beauty the way he was in the beginning. He goes, oh yeah, but that's just my wife now. You know what I mean? Like everything gets old and a shiny new thing comes along. I don't mean this girl looks old or anything else. Like, I'm again, I'm not criticizing this woman. It's just that we normal looking, well, I'm I like, I look a little bit better than normal. You know, you guys, I've had some work done. I'm very glam a lot of the time, but I'm not a Victoria's Secret model and neither are you probably. And it doesn't mean that your husband would love you more or you would have a better life if you were a Victoria's Secret model. You see Halle Berry get cheated on. And now this stunning woman is in her third pregnancy. She spent the fucking last decade of her life being married to this chump, having babies with this chump. And in her pregnancy, he started an affair allegedly with this 22-year-old mistress, Instagram model. I stopped myself from a slur then. And um, she's come out on TikTok and said, oh, isn't it funny? 
um, I've been having an affair with Adam Levine for the last year. And then she showed texts and DMs that are so humiliating where he's like, well, you're better looking in real life. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> like nice chat, loser. You know, sometimes I see comedians with like amazing women. I think, what, what do they like about him? Normal men, like especially famous, like muggly men like Adam Levine have zero chat. Like you speak to an intelligent, funny comedian man after dealing with his DMs. Oh, you're better looking in real life. Like no wonder people are dazzled by these male comics and they get such hot women because they're fun and funny and interesting. <laughs> I don't know why the world works this way. It just seems to be so weird why people choose what they choose. But um, so then apparently he's having an affair with this girl for a year or they're chatting or they're doing whatever. He now denies having a physical affair because he's come out and addressed the whole thing. And he's like, oh, during a dark period of my marriage, I behaved badly. And now I'm going to pick up the pieces and we're going to get through it together. But I didn't have an affair, but I shouldn't have flirted with anyone that wasn't my wife. And I'll never make this mistake again. I just hate that. We're going to get through it together together. Fuck you. What has it got to do with her? She should have to do nothing to get through this with you. You've hurt her feelings so badly and she's pregnant with your child. I feel like, ugh. and what's worse is that Adam Levine allegedly in the texts that were revealed by this TikTok mistress said to her, her name is Sumner. He said, my wife, by the way, we found out she's having a boy. So it's not like anyone was under any disillusion about this man's marital status. He's happy to talk about his pregnant wife with his mistress, alleged mistress. He goes, we're having a boy. Would it be cool with you if I named it Sumner? I'm dead serious. And that's when even the mistress, even the 22-year-old mistress is like, what? I'm your mistress and you want to name your baby boy that you're having with your wife my name? Like, what is wrong with this man? Now, again, he alleges that no physical affair took place. Let me just search him right now and see what the latest is on it. I mean, people online are absolutely, absolutely up in arms about this, as they should be. And I've said last week, and I've said since the beginning of time, what are these men doing carrying on sexual relationships with young women whose brains have not finished growing? Of course you got in trouble. And now she's looking back going, I was young and I was stupid and I actually shouldn't have been doing what I was doing. I feel bad about it. Does she or does she try to cash in on this? I don't know. Either way, suffice to say, I am sickened. Everyone in this situation has been an idiot. I feel so sorry for this man's wife and children. I hope that she leaves him because this kind of behavior doesn't change. They are reprimanded briefly and then they go, oh, I'll never do that again. Yes, he will. And you have three kids with him. It's very difficult, I know, to leave in a situation where there are children involved or even when there aren't. But I mean, the children just add such a layer of complexity. But my God, she's got to walk away at least for a little bit. What a fuck. But then, I mean, some people have an arrangement too. And I, again, I, I keep applying my very traditional marital values onto these couples. Maybe the deal was like, you can have groupies, you can do what you want to do when you're away. Just don't embarrass me, i.e. don't send stupid DMs and get caught. I just think it's such a sign of disrespect, especially talking about naming the boy after her. I mean, you can't come back from that. How can he come back from this? 
Um, and here's some more from Adam Levine's statement after he denies having an affair but admits to sending flirtatious texts that he shouldn't have texted. Okay, a lot is being said about me right now. And I want to clear the air. I used poor judgment in speaking with anyone other than my wife in any kind of flirtatious manner. I did not have an affair. Nevertheless, I crossed the line during a regrettable period of my life. In certain instances, it became inappropriate. I've addressed that and taken proactive steps to remedy this with my family. My wife and my family is all I care about in this world. To be this naive and stupid enough to risk the only thing that truly matters to me was the greatest mistake I could ever make. I will never make it again. I take full responsibility. We will get through it, and we will get through it together. It seems to me that all he cares about in this world, I mean, not all he cares about in the world, but high up on that list is himself. So if he refers to himself as his family, then I believe this statement. But listen, ladies, gentlemen, Think about how sincere that sounded the next time someone cheats on you and tries to weasel their way out being like, you are all that matters because that's what you want to hear when your feelings are hurt. But at the end of the day, you've been made a fool of online to the world. And you know, of course, she's not a fool. She's done nothing but like be someone's wife and mother. So I don't mean it in that way. I just mean that's that's uh, the value that he has shown you in those acts and the stupidity of linking up with a 22-year-old Instagram model. I mean, the, I just don't think I could respect the man after that. Even if he was sorry, I'd be like, you're a loser. Oh, let's take a break. Let's hear from our sponsors. When we return, I will answer some more of your emails. And I really hope I have one from Adam Levine's wife. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com The very first email, pregnancy after miscarriage. Catherine, I recently found out I'm pregnant again after experiencing a miscarriage last year. I'm roughly six weeks. I experienced so much joy, but to, to be honest, the overwhelming sense of fear for what I went through previously is tough. My last pregnancy was in November, and I lost my baby super early, around the five and a half week mark. It was devastating. I didn't think I quite realized how common it was for something like that to happen, especially in those early stages. I researched, I listened to others' experience, and I came to peace with it. 
Now, nearly a year on, pregnant again, I've gone slightly past where I was last year when I lost the pregnancy, but I can't help carry around this overwhelming sense of dread. Every stomach pain and cramp, I go deeper into a pit of, oh God, it's happening. And to be honest, I really don't know how I'd cope to face that loss again. I just wondered if you had any advice. Did you go through similar during your pregnancies after miscarriage? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Huge congratulations on your current pregnancy. I want to feel the joy of it. I think I might as time goes on, but does that fear ever go away? Well, no. Welcome to what pregnancy I think always feels like for people who've experienced miscarriage. Um, Yeah, I mean, even people who haven't experienced miscarriage really struggle to enjoy their pregnancies because they know that these things can happen or they have friends that it's happened to or like, God forbid... You know, there are stories that are even worse than ours. Five and a half weeks, I'm so sorry to say, like, is more common than later. And that doesn't take the pain away from it. But, I mean, you're just going to feel awful, I think, and very nervous, at least for the first trimester. And 12 weeks is a long time. That's three months of your life. Um, You know, people just set it aside like oh yeah it's quite common it happens no like that's a long time to be planning someone's entire life that you think is going to join your family and they're so wanted and you're so excited and the the very harsh reality is anything can happen in that time and our mothers and their mothers might not have even known they were pregnant in that time and they didn't have ultrasounds that early and I mean there's not a whole lot you can do especially like medically the NHS won't even look at you for recurrent miscarriage unless there have been three. So I think if you can, the best thing that you can do for your own health is try to put it out of your mind. Meditate, do mindful things, busy yourself, go for walks. Try not to think about it because it's something that you have very little control over. In the terrible instance that it were to happen again, which you can be comforted by the statistics of, you know, it's very unlikely to happen again but if it did then you would want to look into autoimmune response blood thinners maybe even steroids you know something that could be causing an overactive immune system um, preventing that placenta from embedding the way it needs to and having pregnancies end early but I mean other than that it's annoying and especially for someone who likes to be in the driver's seat but there isn't anything you can do Um, This pregnancy, I was pretty relaxed because I was very busy with um, a nine-month-old when I got pregnant. But also, like, I just kind of, I, I was busy and I tried to put it out of my head as much as I could. And I knew that there's a risk, but there's also a wonderful reward if it goes right. And that's all you can do. All you can do is try to put it out of your head and be you know, reasonable about the fact that it's probably not going to happen again. And yeah, like this is life. And then like, let's say your baby um, is born and grows up and goes to school and do all these things. Like, I'm sorry to tell you that you will never stop worrying about them. You'll worry in your pregnancy. You'll worry in the birth. You'll worry in their infancy. Like this is what being a parent is all about. Just mental anguish. So congratulations. Ooh, I'm intrigued by this. Catherine, asking my husband for permission to get a tattoo. 
I'm 30. I just got my first tattoo. I consulted with my husband before getting inked because I value his taste, and I respect the fact that he will see it as much as I do. Now I do want more, but my husband said I should stop and gets very frustrated when we speak about tattoo art in general. I feel weird about it. Shouldn't a modern-day woman be able to own her body and be free to do whatever she wants with it? What are your thoughts? Do you consult with Bobby before a procedure like Botox? If he said no, would you still do it? Um, well, it's tricky because, okay, hang on. I'll go back to the beginning. You consulted with your husband before getting your first tattoo because you value his taste and you respect the fact that he will see it as much as you do. I mean, you lost me on the second one because what you're, you live in your body and he lives like in the same house with you and next to your body and looks at your body but it's your body you know what I mean you don't have equal ownership over it just because he looks at it you know what I mean that's your body but you value his taste is I think a legitimate reason to ask someone's opinion whether that be a partner or a best friend or a parent or a sister just to be like I value your opinion before I get lost in the game what do you think Because that is, you know, I can't relate to tattoos and stuff because I personally don't like them on me. I like them on Bobby. Um, I would not expect him to ask me permission to get them, but I would feel respected if he was like, I value your opinion, Catherine. Do you think I should get another tattoo? And then if he went overboard and started tattooing like on his face and neck, just things that I didn't think were really vibing with his personality if I if I felt like he was acting out in a way that was strange I might raise an alarm but I don't know so it's hard for me to talk about tattoos for me but Botox certainly for me and my experience people can get lost in the game and I have got lost in the game just on one occasion I wanted a jawline like Kylie Jenner she's a very strong heart-shaped almost masculine jawline but it looks really nice on her and I have a very narrow like pointy little jawline so when I got loads of filler to try to widen my jawline it kind of backfired gravity like dropped that filler I ended up making myself look a lot worse it just didn't suit me and during that time I got a bunch of Botox and filler this was maybe 2016 or 17 I had a year where I had too much filler and Botox for sure And I've seen people get lost in the game with like hair dye. Their hair just gets like blue white and they're too tanned. You know what I mean? So it's good to have someone who loves you to be like, let me know when enough is enough. You know, Um, I never had that person really. But if Bobby told me he didn't want me getting filler and Botox, I think I would struggle with it because... I would say, I appreciate that you don't like these things and you don't do these things and it's not in your wheelhouse, but it makes me feel better to get a little bit of Botox and it makes me feel beautiful to get a little bit of filler and then I feel more confident and it's just something I've gotten used to over the last decade without you and I won't go too far with it, but this is something that I really enjoy doing. I mean, it hasn't been relevant because I've been pregnant for so long I can't get it at all. Look, if I really wanted to get it and he said no, I I think I would do it anyway. I'd go, well, look, this means something to me. I'm going to do it. I really want to. I'm not going to go overboard. 
but you've set it up already that you consulted him because you appreciate his taste. So like, this is why he has an expectation that he's part of the decision. So if you want to take that away, you go, look, I asked you in the first place because I value your taste, but I loved getting the tattoo more than I expected. And I really want another one. And I'm going to do it because it's going to make me feel good. Then do it. It's your body. I don't think he's going to leave you. <clears throat> oh, Catherine, what would you do? Catherine, what would you do? My seven-year-old has a friend, and I became friendly with her mom when they were really little. She was always quite awkward to talk to, sometimes chatty, other times not at all. She confided in me several years ago that her husband had an affair and was quite abusive towards her. I know that he hit her. She told me, but also her daughter told me too. Bad. He drinks a lot and is basically a complete C-word. I went to Citizen's Advice with her and offered her a place to stay if she wanted to leave him, but she decided to stay. I respected her decision and told her I'm always there if she needs anything. If I ever ask now how they are, she says things are fine. I don't want to push it. Maybe they are fine. And she doesn't need me reminding her that her husband is a prick. She told me when we spoke more that she never really has had friends and was the kind of kid who would stay in the bathroom at lunch. I think she was probably, she always probably has been difficult to talk to and struggles with relationships. A group of us stand together at school in the morning and hand on heart, I don't think anyone is bitchy. Everyone tries to make conversation and be nice, but she is being very awkward. She won't talk to anyone. She walks off without us or even just me when I try to walk with her. Most of the time she looks at her phone, so we stand together but just talk to one another now and not so much to her because she doesn't engage. This happened about six months ago. She sent me a message when she had ignored me waving at her to say she was being petty, not waving back because I've been leaving her out and ignoring her. I don't know what to do. I feel bad, but I don't want her thinking I'm not a friend or a mean girl type. I'm going to send you the conversation so you can see it. Oh, basically the same's happening again. And it's awkward as fuck. The other moms think she's rude. And sometimes I think she is too, but I know with her husband, etc., it could be more than that. It's very tricky. I hate uncomfortable shit in the playground. I'm too old for this. What would you do? All right, I'm going to look at the texts. That's what I'm going to do. Hi, sorry. I should have waved back. That was petty on my behalf. I've been getting blanked for the past couple of weeks. Not just by you, so I wasn't expecting you to wave. And then you wrote back, I've not been blanking you. I thought you'd been blanking me. Every time I stand with you and try to talk to you, don't say much back. Then I feel awkward or like you don't want me to stand with you. You've been standing further up the playground, away from everyone else. No one has any issues with you at all. Everyone wants to be friends. I've never not wanted to be your friend. I'm sorry if I've made you feel that way. I only stand further up at home time so my child can see me as I'm short. She was struggling to see me before. It's not personal. One. I care about you and our friendship, you said. I don't want to fall out or have bad feelings. So do I, she said. I hate awkwardness, and I felt really awkward recently. Sorry for making you feel the same. Oh, and then you wrote, I'm going to hug you tomorrow and make it really awkward for us both. This is fine. Like, some people are weird, and they just don't know how to make friends. What would I do? Fuck all. I would do a lot less than you. I don't have any friends. I would say it sounds like you've been an incredible friend to this woman, and this woman's trying her best in the way that she knows how to be a friend. But if she's had a tricky relationship then she is, as you say, dealing with underlying themes of like vulnerability and rejection and uh, toxic presentations of what love and devaluement looks like. And some people who are shy come off as standoffish or bitchy or aloof. I think maybe she's just shy. 
And, you know, there are certain friends that you have to make a bit of extra effort with if you want to be their friend. I don't have any of these friends. But it sounds to me like, you know, this matters to you. And you want to have coffees with her, get her in a position where she feels comfortable. And, like, you obviously like this girl. You're being really nice to her. And it's cool that you don't want to be a mean girl on the school run. But also... You can't base so much on like what people think. If you've done right, you've been kind and generous. You can't micromanage someone else's thoughts or like guess what they're thinking. You can't. You can be like, I've reached out. I've cleared the air. I'm nice to this woman. And then she's going to have to come the rest of the way. It's fine. Can I just say, by the way, on the subject of friends that I've had so many people reach out about last week's, uh, well, was it two weeks ago, Tattle podcast, where I spoke about just the way that my personality tries to fix things that aren't going my way and how I'm misunderstood for that sometimes and it rubs people the wrong way and I don't want to. I've had so much support from people who are just like me. A lot of people who talk about neurodiversity. I appreciate that. Always very interesting. Emails like this one. Catherine, I hate that you're being questioned about why you immediately take another route when a situation does not go your way. There's nothing wrong with what you do and how you handle life. I know you know this already, but I want to tell you, you're right. They're wrong. British people are too polite, and they just sit about quietly waiting for things to magically end up the way they wanted. This, unfortunately, is how things have gone to shit. We need more people with your attitude. And a lot of people have also asked me, who the celebrity is who doesn't like me people ask me that at my shows people dm me people email me the podcast they're like who doesn't like you and you know what bobby was right it doesn't matter and i'm really glad that i didn't say it on the podcast because it would have ended up in a tabloid would have been like a whole thing guys i'm really sorry i'm really sick i'm feeling better i have this disease called not covid it's exactly like covid but nobody gives a shit um, I'm glad that I didn't cause like a thing over it because it just didn't need to be a thing. But everyone's super interested. Like, I can't tell you because I don't want to be problematic, but it's just someone I've never worked with. You will never have seen me work with this person. So you can stop guessing like James Corden and Ricky Gervais. Um, like Jack D was a guest. I love Jack D. Dara O'Brien was a guest. I love Dara. No, no, no. I've worked with all these people. It's someone who... Like literally is like, no, I won't work with her. I don't like her. And I will never, well, I did say in Europe, people asked me on stage and I said, because I was like, the Daily Mail is not in Europe. But look, just leave it. Some people are not going to like you. Some people are not going to like me and that's okay. Oh no. Adam Levine's wife has written me an email. Catherine, advice needed. I need a hit of female empowerment. I am from Ireland. I'm 27 years old. I've been dating a guy really seriously for the last year. Long story short, he's kind, reliable, always there for me, and vice versa. And he's a great role model for my two young children, aged seven and nine. I know I said in the caption I'm single because with regards to my kids, I do consider myself to be, as he is not their dad. Oh, the the title is Single Mammy, Heartbroken and Blank. Their biological father has never really been in the picture. Anyway, My partner fell asleep one night and he left his phone on really loud football. So when it rang, I picked it up to switch it off. However, there was a tab open of him talking to other girls. I know I shouldn't have, but I went down the rabbit hole and checked his whole Instagram. He's been exchanging pictures with this girl a few weeks ago and planning on meeting her to have sex when he visits his home country. I confronted him the next day, calmly, 
classy. He apologized and texted her in front of me saying he has a girlfriend and this needs to stop. And then he posted a pic of me and him for the first time saying how much he loves me in an open post. (sighs) I'm trying to forgive, but I'm sickened. I know you say being in your 20s is about having fun, but I don't want that as I'm a mother. (laughs) That's so funny. I did not have kids to have fun. I had kids to have a terrible time and be disrespected. Do you think it's worth me telling him to fuck off forever over the texts? I don't want to lose what we have. But I don't know if I love him or just the idea of having a family unit and a good routine. You do want to lose what you have. You don't have what you think you have. You don't want to lose the idea of who you think he could be or the idea of who you thought he was, but you don't have that anyway. You have a fucking scumbag on your hands. And the reason that men like this choose you is not your fault. You might be a good person. You might be an empath. You might be someone that's very trusting and You might be the idea of what they want in a wife, but ultimately they aren't ready for that because they are messaging women on Instagram. And he never, ever would have posted the picture of the two of you or texted her back unless he had been caught. He is reacting to getting in trouble and getting caught like Adam Levine, but he has no intention of slowing this behavior down permanently. He might take a brief hiatus, uh, but this is who he is. And when someone shows you who they are, you have to believe them. I was in your position when I was younger. I had one young child and I was with a man who cheated all the time. And I found different evidence of this, but sometimes it would be explained away as like, oh, well, you know, this is old or this isn't indicative of what I would do. I was just talking or I was just messing. No, it would always give me a gut feeling like more was going on. And when you see one rat, there are a hundred rats you don't see. This is not acceptable behavior for the father of your children, for your partner, for a year or for a hundred years or for 10 years or for a fling, for nothing. You do not need to be disrespected this way. And you will have lost respect for him. Like you don't know it yet, but if you stay with him, you'll only be with him for another 18 months because the respect is gone and it will just chip away and you have kind of a shitty relationship. You have a really good relationship for the next like two months because he's sorry and he's going to be love bombing you and he's going to come again. I don't want to get caught again. But um, it's just going to deteriorate and your girls don't need to be around to see that and you don't need to experience it and it's going to cut like a knife and the children will see you crying in your bed and then they're going to see you feel better and they're going to see you have a really happy day and they're going to see you come out of that sadness and it's going to teach them Oh, sometimes we're sad and then things get better. And sometimes someone disappoints us, but then things get better and we have each other and we pick ourselves up and that's okay. And it's all right if you're a girl. I don't even know that they're girls. I've decided they're girls in this email. It's okay for them to see you get your heart broken because they're going to have their hearts broken too. And um, you don't have to be the perfect single mom who like stitches up their family all in one and you turn this guy into this amazing man that he's never going to be because of the love that you have for him and your children and no he's not the one he's not the one it's not your fault you got to move on and everything is going to be okay and he will be fucking floored when you move on (laughs) and you won't even talk to him anymore either and he will not even know how to deal with that he'll be like what the fuck I didn't know she had it in her but yes you did 
and then you're going to be single. Why? If you want to meet someone, it's to give that person space to come into your life because that good person for you has no space to come in your life while you're dealing with this home country cheating ass garbage trash man. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. Please write me a letter, tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. You can get my book. It's called The Audacity. It's like on Kindle and in real hardback, paperback, audiobook, all of that business. You can come see me on tour. I'm back in the UK. I've got loads of dates coming up in York, Hull, Southend, on sea. Where else? I mean... Uh, Reading, Woking, Dartford, <laughs> Canterbury, Leicester, Stockton on Tees, Stoke on Trent, Manchester. I'm on tour until mid November in the UK and then it is done. Please come to see me. Um, follow me on the socials if you don't already. It's all at Cathbum. And I really appreciate you sticking around. I love to hear what you have to say. I'm sorry I can't get to more emails. I'll get to more next week your email is never wasted i do go through the library of the old emails sometimes and pick out ones i want to do just based on your snazzy titles alone i hope you look after each other i hope you're not too sad about the queen's passing um and i hope you had a restful and reflective day off Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com